Welcome to the Canvas Casters podcast. We are excited to welcome Dr. Ellen Bloomfield. Now, she serves as the director of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Midway University, where she led the transition to Canvas in the spring of 2020. As a result of the pandemic, the university actually switched to remote learning in March of 2020, just shy of the two-month go-live date for Canvas. During that time, Ellen led the faculty through rapid remote conversion of spring 2020 classes in the previous LMS while preparing faculty to teach in their current LMS which is Canvas, for summer of 2020. Dr. Bloomfield has 20 years of experience in education, working as a secondary mathematics teacher prior to joining Midway University in 2014. At Midway University, Ellen has managed the institution's library, administered the online learning management system, and created Midway's Center for Teaching Excellence and Innovation. An instructional designer by degree, Ellen's passion is supporting faculty, enabling them to successfully leverage technologies to create highly engaging and effective learning environments for their students. Her research interests include the connections between learning theories, technology integration models, and effective pedagogical practices. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ellen Bloomfield. Woo! Thank you. Ow! Thank, Ow! Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, basically, I am a human nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I took oh. a, a, on a lot of that. No, uh, obviously, we, we were so excited to have you uh, on our podcast, and we just can't wait to dive in with kind of how this all came about. We love talking to people, especially right now, about what it was like to transition so quickly to Canvas. So thanks again for being on. My pleasure. So, Absolutely. Great. I, I, I'm stoked, too. Uh, and and we, we, I didn't even know. There are so many questions. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and right out of the gate, I'm already going to go off script. Eddie, you're welcome. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> Going off script. So Eddie's reading the bio, and I'm seeing all this stuff and all of these words that I'm like, ooh, that sounds awesome. I want to know more. Uh, so f- I want to know what you're, you created Midway's Center for Teaching Excellence and Innovation. Mm-hmm. I know this is not in the preparatory Good. lead up please tell us what that real what what is that what's that about um we had recent i had been in midway since 2014 and then i think in 2016 um because i didn't do my research i don't have the dates exact at this point uh, in 2016 we got a new vpaa vice president of academic affairs and she brought me to the office and she says i want a center for teaching and i said Okay. <laughs> now, everything that I have, had been doing up until that point was that role. I just didn't have a title for it. Um, and so really, I just kind of transitioned what I had been doing. I was actually at that point also, that's when I was um, became the director of instructional technology and they gave me the library. I became sole administrator of the LMS. Um, and then, then that that department that I was in, um, that that's what we created. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I had already had all that stuff laid out. The hardest part was coming up with a name. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate. There's to so that, many. Believe there's it or not. so many options. <laughs> right, right. I, I I can relate to that to that directly. I I had a similar situation. Uh, I I took a job that was kind of created, uh, and. 
at the interview, they basically asked me what I thought my title should be. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, <laughs> this is an opportunity I can't pass up. It could be anything. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I dig that. And, and it's, it's definitely, um, it sort of fits with everything that, that the, what little we know of you at this moment, it fits with that, but we're going to definitely learn more. So part of why we have you on the show is that we reached out on Twitter recently and we basically were looking for stories that kind of fit with this idea that Eddie and I had been sort of banging around for a couple of days where we wanted to basically hear the story of the perfect storm, right? <laughs> the the you got pandemic it right here with this one. And, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic and a transition to Canvas, right? Because we know we know this in a multiple different ways, whether it's social media, in uh, Eddie's Eddie's work daily, all this kind of stuff. We know that this is a big thing that's happened uh, for a lot of people everywhere. There's mm -hmm. Facebook groups mm -hmm. and everything else, so we know that it's common. We wanted to get down to like real, actual stories from you know real people. Um, so we were really excited to have you uh, on and be able to express sort of the the higher ed. Uh, angle on that so um when we reached out for you know sort of your canvistry yes i made that that up and i'm really good at smushing words together i think um, that's a very 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 well that's a great word by the way thank you and thank I, like, you. I, I like i like i like i like making up words so that's right up my uh, <laughs> see don't make his head bigger than it already is <laughs> <laughs> Eddie. Well, I, I can't we don't... tell you I'm a Google human, so I mean I gotta I gotta help somebody beef up here, right? Right. right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I'm I'm on board with making up stuff, um, especially words. So we wanted to hear a little bit about your your story, along with you know not only the pandemic but also how it related to uh, you at Midway and your role there. Um, so give us a little bit of like. I guess give us an abstract of kind of the the step by step when when sort of COVID hit, and then you know the decision making process in those early days. Okay, so so um, I, I think I have to give you some background as my evolution at my university. Um, I was hired under the IT department as the instructional designer for campus. Then. Um, as director of instructional technology, I already told you what I did there. Um, but but working with closely with IT, we we were becoming less pleased with support and cost. So about a year before we even made the decision to move, we had already been talking about it. I had been in there and trying to learn as much about it as I could. Um, so then in um, August of 2019, we decided we were like, let's go for it. So I formed, um, but you can't just say, let's go for it. You got to have everybody want to go for it with you. Um, <laughs> so we formed, I formed a faculty, um, pilot group, Canvas pilot group. And, and so we, they met in August and in September and then gave, gave feedback, filled out the proverbial survey, plus also, you know, oral feedback. Um, mm -hmm. And so then in October of 2019, we decided to do it. Let's, this is it. This is what we want to do. We like what we got. Um, we like where this is going. Uh, they loved it. They were like, we're in. 
So we brought it to the faculty council meeting, which is like the faculty monthly meeting, and, and told everybody that that's what we were doing. Of course, you know, you have that shock and awe. Oh, um, everybody's removing technology. And um, I said, well, you know, we're going to ease into this because at that point in October of 2019, I had until May 1 to get everybody ready. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of time no pressure nothing no happening. pressure at all right 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 so i did spend the next couple of months you know doing the back-end work with the canvas csm people the instructors and and they were fantastic and um i also did a lot of research on how other institutions i told you i was a nerd how other institutions did the same thing. Kona Jones came home with everything you needed there, along with many others, but she was very helpful with the resources she provided. Um, and so I had this elaborate plan ready to roll out by the end of December. Um, we, we, we stepped our foot in the water took Christmas break, came back in January, and I was ready to go. I had weekly workshops, and this is, and I had it all, you know, I'm an instructional designer. So you break things down to the click um, and, and how to train the people. And then, poof, uh, everything changed on the beginning of March. And so I threw that plan out the window, um, and, and we became the poster child for, um, I don't know if you know about the instructional strategy called chunking, where you chunk information to get more information out in a smaller amount of time. Yeah, that, that's what we did. Um, you know, orig originally, <laughs> I had planned for everybody to get their hands in there because that's the best way, in my opinion, to learn Canvas is to just do it. Um, and ask questions as you go along. And, uh, but no, we just, we, we, we actually had to take about a three to four week break right there between March and April. So now mid April to May one, you know, I had two, two and a half weeks to, to, to get everything going, but man, we did it. And, um, the faculty stepped up and I'm going to tell you this, to be honest with you, you know, I had to train those, some of the faculty, not all of them, but some of the faculty had to train in our other LMS while we were training for Canvas. And they were like, well, can we just go to Canvas now? And I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did it. <laughs> so th in a nutshell, that's, that is the abstract. And yeah. if, if you have, if you had, if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen um, one of those baking shows, you know, within the last three minutes, they're trying to get the cake <laughs> to the judge's table. Yeah. yeah, that's what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> that is a heck of a visual right there. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like really, everybody, everybody, get the imagery right there. Picture that yeah. because that's yeah. that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> It, it's organized chaos, right? I, I've always oh, I've always mentioned to a few people, you know, I, I taught career in tech ed and a lot of administrators would come in. They weren't quite sure what they were seeing. And the only way I could describe it was, well, there's just a lot of organized chaos happening in here, right? There, There's people over here doing a thing and people over here doing a thing. And we're all, again, trying to get the cake to the judge's table. I'm going to start using yeah. that from now on. That's got a little heavy at the end as we, as we carry that two feet, you know, the last three feet. It got a little heavy at the end, but we did it. 
Right. So, you know, you mentioned that that this was kind of, um, you know, brought on by the the pandemic and kind of the world changed. Was there any conversation before that to adopt Canvas or were you pretty comfortable in the LMS that you had? Were there any conversations, you know? Yeah, we were ready to leave. We 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 were we had made the decision in October. We had this elaborate or I had this elaborate plan. Um, that I pretty much chucked out the window in March. Um, and, and of course, you know, the faculty were, ah, were changing technology, which was to be expected. And I already knew that was coming. Um, it really helped to have that faculty pilot group. So their peers were saying, hey, it's going to be okay. And, and I think throughout this entire pandemic and transition from one LMS to another LMS, even without a pandemic, I think that's really important is that peers talk to peers um, because I'm not one of them per se. Um, and, and it was just really important for them to hear, you know, the nursing faculty on my little pilot committee, you know, it's a lot easier than what you're doing right now. Um, it's a lot easier to, to, to grade. It's a lot easier to submit an assignment or to create an assignment. So that, that really, really helped. That's such a good point. And, and I, you said something during the, the nutshell of the, of the process that I don't want people to, um, to miss. Uh, and I know Eddie wants to get in here because I, I can read his mind right now. I know what he's wanting to chime in based on what you just said. Um, but I do want to point out to to listeners and, and folks when you know when you're in the trenches, as we say, when you're working in your district or your institution, whatever it is, you know it's an easy thing to say, "This thing's no good. We need to use this thing," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is all fine and good. And I've probably done it. But what you said about your experience is exactly what I think more people need to understand. The decision to change something like an LMS is a huge decision and it is not one to be exactly. And it takes all of the things you mentioned, like buy-in, like peer-to-peer sort of positive uh, peer pressure. Uh, It takes planning for more than a few months under, under normal circumstances, you were, you were going to be looking at over a year of preparation to get to that point and the pandemic only, you know, threw it down the hill and had you speed up. But I mm-hmm. think a lot of times I can, you can hear, you can hear professors and, and uh, you know, uh, teachers in the K-12 setting. And you can hear people say things like, well, why don't we just go to this thing? And I just think that that's a much more difficult um, process than I think a lot of people give it credits for. So I'm glad that you mentioned the process that it started so long ago, seemingly leading up to the ultimate decision and all well, the things you did along I mean, the way. Well, the process started um, a year in advance with me in the IT department. It wasn't until in August we decided we knew enough about it to bring it to the faculty. Um, and at that point, um, you know, that's when I formed that that faculty group. So we really actually only had six to nine months to implement it to begin with. And, 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 and instructor, they canvas kept telling me, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Um, and I trusted them and I believe them and I trust their process 100%. But then, you know, you have like, you know, two months taken out because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now I'm <yeah>. like, ah, 
and then everybody's trying to do the same thing that, that you were trying to do just quicker. Right. Right. Uh, right, right <laughs> instead right. of nine months that were two weeks, you know, right, trying yeah. to, trying to wrap it roll out. Trying to finish that cake and get it to the judge's table. That's <laughs> right. I love it. Um, I just, I just love that approach. I, I love the, the interaction that you can have and the conversations that you can have. That's very low pressure. And I, I do worry some that that because we're in a pressured environment with COVID and that we had to move people quickly, that we've missed some of those really great um, interactions that we could have with with making sure that everybody's on board and and ready and and excited, right? I think mm-hmm. I think we're losing out on some of the excitement as well. But that's so exciting to hear your journey. Is uh, I love the the pilot stuff that just gets me really excited. So because uh, it's things that I've I felt like were pretty successful at other districts. So this is a model. People pay very close attention. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean the 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 just like and it's this is not particularly earth shattering. I think we all in this. Uh, in education, we know that ultimately one voice isn't going to accomplish, uh, it's not going to be heard by the, by the masses, right? And so you need to have boots on the ground. You need to have, you know, uh, panda pilots as the case with Eddie. Um, you need to have that pilot group whatever it may be. Gosh Boom darn, up. I wish I would have used panda right? pilots for I, the name. Hey, hey. Hey, not, not everybody. Mark Marcus smushes words together. I just, I just create a lot of great alliteration. Right. So, but I mean, but truthfully, and we're talking about, of course, we talk about LMS and Canvas. But I mean, that strategy, that is proven in so many other ways too. And, and you know, we see it. I'm sure you see it at the uh, higher education level in K-12. Every time I start anything new, it's like, let me find my posse. Let me find my people in each building, the people that are going to be the early adopters, the people that are always down to try something new. Let me get them together. Mm-hmm. I got to pitch it to them. But uh, the thing is, it's it, it's it's the fix is in, right? Because those are the people that are like, what whatever, let's do it. You know, like, right. I don't really have right. to pitch to them. I pitch it. They're like, let's go. And then that's when, when things really start to happen. And it's just great to, you, to hear that being used, you know, in your institution. Well, and, and it also works um, even after the fact. So, you know, you, you, you pitch it, you have your, your faculty group saying, yay, 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 this is great. So peer to peer, you know, I'm your peer. I'm telling you this is going to be fine. Um, but you still have your doubters. You still have your skeptics. Um, but they're not going to come run into my office and say, oh, you were right. You know, they're sitting next door to the office of the person that was on that group and be like, you know, this really isn't that bad. So, um, you know, you, you just kind of form, grow that community a, li- a little bit uh, at a time. Um, and, and to be honest, we didn't stop there. So, you know, after we implemented Canvas and, and um uh, we had the opportunity to do kind of that super user thing. So I chose a different group of people to help keep moving us forward. And that's, that's also been very successful. So, you know, if I have any advice for anybody is get you a posse to yeah, carry that sure. cake. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've always thought that like, when it comes to things like this in education with, 
basically anything technology education uh, together, ed tech. I always feel like things tend to happen, at least in K-12. Uh, I've heard otherwise uh, from folks in higher ed, but in K-12, sometimes it feels like things move pretty, pretty quickly. Um, you know, somebody decides they saw a thing at a conference and then they say that to someone who controls the purse. And then by the next semester, the grant money, the money's here. All of a sudden, things have been sort of purchased uh, and, and and off we go. And um, these initiatives, I always have I'm always leery about, like, can we just wait, wait this out and see if this thing sticks? before we go buy in the thing. Um, and, and, you know, you you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of platforms and the next big thing in ed tech. Um, and I tend to be the one that says, let's pump the brakes. Let's see if the thing sticks first. Does it have a shelf life before we're going to invest? Um, and an LMS is, uh, it's got, you know, shelf life. An LMS has shelf life. But um but when you when you talk about that and you mentioned you just mentioned it and you segued for me, which was wonderful. Nice work. Um, Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> she's a pro people. Uh, so you, but you mentioned, you know, when you're doing this whole thing and, and you have some buy in, uh, but you also have some some negative folks. What were some of the the specific or biggest concerns that you were hearing from faculty members, from students, from stakeholders during that process? Like what were the things that people were saying that were sticking points? Well, I, I will be completely honest with you. I didn't hear much from students, but you have to think about the time in which we were transitioning to Canvas. They weren't worried about Canvas. They just wanted to survive the rest of the semester, spring 2020. Um, I did send the emails, like I did communicate with them, but that that just wasn't on their radar. And, and I don't blame them 100%. Um, with regards to the faculty, and, and I don't think this is any different in any type of technology implementation, um, the, the fear of the unknown, um, the I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I already know where to click. Why do I have to learn new places to click? Um, that was a huge one. Um, and then with regards to the stakeholders, um, to me, when I when I think about that, I think I see dollar signs. OK, so, you know, it was just more economically sound for us to make that decision. And they were happy with it. Um, you know, they entrusted me to to, to implement it. And, and so there wasn't any concern there. And I, I, I appreciate it. I love where I work. And, um, but really it was just me and the faculty is, is kind of where, where you would hear kind of most of the, Oh, we have to learn this now, you know, but like I said, at the beginning, you know, in the midst of transitioning to rapid remote, we're in another LMS. At the same time, I'm training them to get ready to be in Canvas. And they're like, can we just go there now? And I'm like, not yet. <laughs> We've got to join the SIS first. <laughs> you know? yeah. We're still doing that, too. <laughs> I, 
there are so many things that are involved in a lot of these processes. And I love that you immediately went to thinking about, you know, from the teacher's point of view, how that was going to affect them and, and the strategies that you're outlining for us are great for everyone that's either considering a transition or kind of went through the same processes that you went through. So this is very great and timely. One of the reasons why we were so excited to have you on, obviously. Well, uh, but this I was going to say, I will tell you this, you know, um, with regards to all of the other back end and stuff that, you know, that, that stuff is going to work itself out. Those procedures have already been predefined. So I just had to follow those procedures. What hadn't been defined was our faculty's knowledge and, um, comfortableness with, with the interface. And so that, that is what then becomes the priority because like you said earlier, they are the boots on the ground. They're the ones using it day in, day out. So they are the priority at this point. Obviously, let's take a break because we've got tons more content with Dr. Ellen Bloomfield as she will tell us all about the successes she had in such a short amount of time with Canvas. And of course, we find out what she carries in her Canvas backpack. Stay tuned to the Canvas Casters podcast. Welcome back to the Canvas Casters podcast. Marcus and I are talking to Dr. Ellen Bloomfield, director of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Midway University. And as Midway recently embarked on the 2020-2020 academic year with not only the pandemic, Dr. Ellen, but also with a new LMS, can you share some of those really great wins that you were able to see over these last few months? Wow. Um yeah, we've we've had some really good wins. Um, let me let me tell you a particular story. Our dean of arts and sciences, um, he didn't say anything because you know he wants to to lead by example and not be a skeptic in front of the other faculty. Um, but after the fact, he comes to my office and he says. Ellen, I need to tell you I am sorry. I doubted this was going to be the right thing to do, but it is awesome <laughs> <laughs> talking about Canvas. So I'm like, woo. Um, nice. So that was one. And, and I will say, like overall, like if you take the whole, um, if you take the whole institution, all the faculty collectively, what I have seen. Um, we didn't use video much in our previous period. We didn't use multimedia much at all. But now I have faculty giving video feedback to their <laughs> students. Let's go. <laughs> Big round of applause for that. Anyway, really speaking and, to Marcus and I here. Right. Yeah. Right. And they call me to tell me how much easier it is. So, right. you know, if I'm going to say there is a win, that would definitely be the win. But I did appreciate the you were right from the Dean of the Arts and Sciences. Heck yeah. All of that. All of that is awesome. Any anytime the boss or a boss is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, you were right, and I should have I should have trusted you. Like, you were doing the happy dance, whatever that yeah. looks like. 
you were doing the happy dance. Um, <laughs> and, and, but I, I love all of that. And, and mm -hmm. any, you know, those are big, profound wins, what you just said, both of those examples, those are big wins. So when we talk to folks like you, and we talk to people from all over the country, all over the world, uh, we continually are reminded of these commonalities among us. And I think that Eddie and I, that's not something we bargained for. Like, first of all, like, if in real talk, we didn't bargain for doing this past like a month. Uh, <laughs> we didn't expect to, to, you know, we thought it'd be one and done. Like, what are we doing? Um, but we did not bargain for this amazing clarity that we've been able to experience from hearing stories from folks like you uh, because it really does show that commonality K through higher ed. Uh, we're talking uh, vocational schools, CTE, students, teachers, coaches, directors, administrators, everything. And the, with these themes keep coming into the podcast and we're always like, yep, there it is again. Yep, there it is again. Uh, so once again, we see that common thread here this importance, and you talked about it with your faculty, the importance of evolving as learners and in, in as, as uh, learners and educators, right? Because your, your faculty was instructing and teaching in certain ways prior, and Canvas gave them a vehicle to evolve and to incorporate new things into what they were doing with students. And so now the tool has, the leverage of the tool has made for better learning at the university level. Um, and that's just something that's so, so great to see in, in, in the real world. It is an instructional designer's dream, period. That's awesome, Eddie. That's uh, that's what we like. That was that was it. <laughs> yeah, like period and hard stop right there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but uh, it, along with that, and, and you've talked about this a little bit, and I kind of asked you at the beginning because I knew I had a question about it later. Um, so I'm I'm actually, even though I'm a K through twelve person, and uh, I do have some connections, uh, uh, and one of which here at Purdue University, which is just down the street actually when when they when they blow the the horn for touchdowns at Purdue football games I hear it on yeah. TV and outside nice. my window <laughs> so I, really, cool. I really like football so that would be super awesome <laughs> yeah it's it's like surround sound it's weird um, but I'm on this this committee it's called the teacher education advisory board and it's through Purdue University and it's it's folks like you at the university level but then it's a bunch of sort of uh, public ed, charter, private school folks from around the area. And the focus is ultimately on continuing to work to ensure that, you know, prospective educators, uh, folks that are in the university that, that want to become educators, um, to make sure that they're learning and experiencing things during their undergrad that are truly going to translate into what they're going to do for their career choice. Um, and Eddie can attest to that as well, that like most teachers in K-12 will say, I didn't learn anything in college that prepared me for this, <laughs> right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I took all these classes, but I did all my learning as a student teacher and then, right, just learning by baptism by fire. Um, so when you're talking about your 
your role uh, at Midway. Is there a school of education connection? Are, are, are you working with prospective uh, students that are, are wanting to become teachers? Um, is there a connection at all to that? No, actually, I, I work strictly with our faculty. Um, and and I, I've thought about this a, a little bit. So, so I can't answer your question directly, but what I can answer is um, my perspective as of any faculty, biology, chemistry, mathematics, English, you know, they all come to the table as subject matter experts. So they are experts in their fields, very much so. Um, but, but normally when they come in, um, in to, professor, to be a professorship, um, you know, their teaching experience may be just limited to the teachers that they have had. Now, there's a couple of problems with that. Um, number one, we have different clientele in 2020. Um, and number two, um, you know, there, there were things while they were students that worked and they've carried those forward. But I think what you find is they're like, well, and I, you, you will know this quote when I say it. Well, I've done this for 20 years. <laughs> yep, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so, so I, I think, um, what is, what is most pertinent, especially in higher ed is that we, people in my position meet faculty where they are as far as their teaching and exploit the beauty of their subject matter, um, with them and at the same time improve their teaching. Um, I can't tell you how many times I, I am sitting in a, a, I call it a professional learning opportunity rather than workshop or something. It's a learning opportunity. That's what we're doing. Um, and, and say, you know, we're, we're never going to be the best teacher in the world. I, I taught for 20 years. Okay. I don't think personally I was a bad teacher. I think I was a pretty good teacher, but I was definitely not the best teacher because it, it, evolving, you evolve and you continue to grow. But I think it's most important with regards to higher ed that you, that you capitalize on the fact that they are subject matter experts in their field. And you find out, um, you, you include their instructional context, you include their content, and you include their current teaching style and work from there and, and, and help them improve. That uh, all our higher ed people right now got to be eating that up because I, it's, it, you're right. Not only do, do you have different clientele, but at, at the same time, the faculty itself is, is generally, you know, like you said, they're coming in to, to teach, maybe not being, uh, having teaching experience, mm -hmm. um, you know, Purdue for, again, I'll, I'll go to something that I'm familiar with, you know, uh, Purdue is known as a research university. Mm -hmm. um, and so the truth of the matter is that the large vast majority of folks, professors here are, are probably not here to teach classes uh, as their priority. A lot of them are here to do the research. And this is sort of another thing. 
along with that. And so it's it's interesting to see how, um, you know, in all of these higher ed settings that I'm unfamiliar with, other than just living through it, surviving it myself, is uh, is is how, you know, you're able to use the technology, but then like what you said about treating them as the content knowledge experts, the subject area experts, and then letting them have their, you know, don't, we're not trying to change you or fix you. We want to take what you're strong in your content and take your personality. And then we just want to, you know, sort of uh, adjust and make for a, for a greater good, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for the student, for the learner. And so even, you know, even in a higher ed setting, it's learner first. And right. I think that right. I think that folks, right. I think, and I would be guilty of this too. I I think if you ask a typical person on the street, you know, what's what's higher education, what's college like? I think the perception would be, uh, I would certainly have this perception without talking to folks like you. Uh, my perception would be, oh, they don't care. They just uh, they're there to be the experts, and they're not about teaching. They're about stand and deliver. Um, and, and and what I'm hearing is that that doesn't have to be the case. It's not always the case. And in fact, you can foster what they what their strengths are and then make that something that is great teaching. Well, and I, and I do want to point this out. Midway University um, is significantly smaller than Purdue University. Oh, yeah. No, no. no doubt. So, no doubt. So, we have what about 1200 students we have 30 faculty full time faculty roughly and then you know you have your your 80 to 100 or so adjuncts and and so our faculty do have that almost they know who their students are because we're a pretty close small small school but just because you care about your students and you know your students doesn't mean doesn't necessarily equate to improving student learning with those students. So I, I think I have the benefit that that care and that that I know who my students are, I already have that fostered, okay? So I don't have to develop that. They do that on their own. I just have to also, like along with their subject matter, I have to take that relationship and help, help drive it towards the, the, the student learning piece of it. So... Oh. <laughs> Dr. Bloomfield, now that you've done the rollout, you've done the conversion uh, over the past year or so, give us one piece of advice that you would give someone else coming to use Canvas for the first time. Go to the Canvas community all the time. All the time, every day, all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad one. (laughs) (laughs) And tap into your CSM. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd email, contact them at 11 p.m. because all of a sudden I had a thought. I go, oh, um, <laughs> the resources are already there. You just have to pull them together to suit your particular context. Use the resources. They're fantastic. And the community is great. We, um, you know, we, we call ourselves the canvas fam, I guess, Marcus at at some point, you know, resurrected that. And, uh, we have leaned so much 
on the successes that we've had um, when we do have them. And we typically have found a lot of the answers in the community. And you hear that term a lot. And it's I think it's more than just the community guides. Because, you know, there's there's thousands upon thousands of literature developed for you that will not only tell you how to use the tool, but best practices for using the tool, which I think that's something you don't get um, in other LMSs. But it's also the extended family of uh, Twitter users and uh, teachers and, and coaches and um, people just in the social media sphere that just absolutely love Canvas that are willing to help at a moment's notice. I, and that's something that that we've always seen. That's why I love your answer about the community because it's more than just, I think people hear the word community and they think guides or the discussion forums or things like that, but it's it's so much more. I, I remember when we first started this process and, and, and I was getting kind of initiated. This is before, you know, it was that November, December time where I was, we were all kind of doing the background. They kept saying, go to the Canvas community. And I'm like, what community? You know, it's just a bunch of documents. But you're right. I've never been on Twitter as much as I have since I discovered Canvas community. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's, it's a different type of community, and it's not just resources. It's people who will answer basically any question that you have. You have to reach out. You've got to join that community. It's no different than, than forming those small groups of faculty to implement the, the LMS, you know, you, you get a groups of people affect other groups of people. And now all of a sudden you got the whole world affected. Yep, absolutely. So we, we always end with the same way. We always like to end our episodes uh, with the question, right? Um, so we have really, I, I truthfully, really enjoyed uh, your perspectives. Your insights uh, have been really great. Um, we like to end the episode with what's in your canvas backpack. So Dr. Bloomfield, what is one element? What is one thing that you're going to put in your canvas backpack? Well, Dramatic I bomb. think, yeah, <laughs> I think the most valuable tool from my perspective, um, and my experience, and this also takes in the constitution context of my institution is the ability and the ease to provide feedback to students so they know where they are, whether it be video or the speed grader. But I'm going to go back to the video because that is a powerful tool. I just got goosebumps, Eddie. Is it just me? Well, no, obviously, no, no. <laughs> I, I, get, I get pretty, get pretty excited about right. Canvas video too. <laughs> right. we, we, yeah. I mean, you say audio, you say video and, and Eddie and Marcus are like, what, what we, we perk up, we're listening and, and we totally agree. And as you well know, so many people out there in the community are on board with this. And, and that's one of those things like we, we, we got to keep spreading that love because mm -hmm. um, when, when folks and, and you, you've seen it um, when, when educators realize how much more efficient they can be in giving feedback uh, not only saving time, but then also at the same time, and I'm going to go back to, you brought up Kona Jones. If I use audio feedback, video feedback uh, and speed grader, I'm 
saving time mm-hmm. overall, I'm able to connect in a more natural way because they're hearing my voice or seeing my ugly mug. And it's, it's like the best of both worlds. I save time. They get more authentic feedback. Everybody wins. And it's like, I don't know why anybody would do it any differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I follow a lot of academics on Twitter and then the whole last week or two, they've been, um, talking about how long it takes for them to grade things. And I'm like, Hmm, doesn't have to take that long. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and the, the media features alone, whether it's media recorder or canvas studio, they just, they do open up a world of relationships and presence inside a course that, that just can't be felt any other way. And I, I think that's why I get so excited about it because not only did I teach it for eight years at a, at a high school setting, um, I'm now finding ways to take some of those same principles and practices and, and talk to teachers. Um, now, I don't necessarily know if anybody listened to me until the, the pandemic started. And it's like, oh, OK, now now this is valuable. Can I learn more? Right. 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 Um, and I think that's I just love that. I love that I'm able to merge both of my passions, uh, you know, and Marcus feels the same way where we were kind of doing some video engagement and audio engagement in our teaching days. And now we get to merge that into some coaching. So we're really excited to hear you say yeah, this thing. I wish, I wish I would have had some sort of data that told me like how many videos were in class previous, you know, in the previous versus how many videos are being used or how, how, how much more multimedia, I, like, I have faculty members using multimedia in their class that never have done it before because it just, it's that easy. There's my Canvas backpack right there. Use multimedia. Uh, Dr. Bloomfield, where can folks find you or connect with you? Um, I am am on Twitter. Um, My name is L Bloomfield, drop the N there, but, um, and then I'm the at con driven c-o-h-n and then driven um and and that's about it i i'm not as big as twitter bumpers as you guys are um, i'm learning though i've been retweeting this week hey, you exactly. know, as much as i can <laughs> hey listen you know enough you know enough because you know the most powerful thing on twitter is the retweet so it's a dangerous <laughs> it's a dangerous road to go down because it will monopolize a lot of your time and yeah, uh, yeah. it does get to a point where there's a lot of noise but I just I still get so much off of the platform so I do too that that is actually where I get a lot of my really good not my ideas but that's where I get a lot of ideas Absolutely well once again, thank you so much uh, for the time. We can't wait for the episode to come out. We can't wait for folks to hear uh, your your thoughts and perspectives, your experience, your canvistry, uh, your canvas backpack, all of it. Uh, but thank you once again. Uh, and everybody, hope you enjoyed episode 30 of the Canvas Casters podcast. <laughs>